0: Well, Here we are about to attempt the impossible, namely a summary of the entire greatest chapter in the Bible. Romans 8, a summary. Now, how would you go about something like that? Here's what I do. I try to step back and see what the Main sections are saying and put that in a statement. And once I've done that, and there may be three or four or five or six or seven, then I try to imagine or see which of these main statements, summary statements of the sections, are supporting or giving rise to the others. And then I try to put that order in a diagram. So here's what we're going to do. I see, um, I think, five levels. So I'm going to draw the levels and then I'm going to put on the levels the verses that I see there and a statement of what each of them is. The reason these little pedestals are being used is because that represents support. So everything at a lower level, so this one right here supports everything that's above it. This one right here, which is on the same level as this one, supports everything above it. This one supports these two, this one supports that one, and this is supported by everything else. So that's what we're looking for. And I've drawn it because I've already figured this out. But that's what you do when you're done with the passage. You try to figure out the way that the various points relate to each other. So this would be verses 38 to 39. And I don't mean that this is the only place where this point is found. These are just uh, the verses that I put in these levels are going to be representative places where these main points are made. So 38 and 39, I would sum that up as the the eternal love of God for his elect. God's love for us goes back into eternity and is unshakable. Supporting, or that supports, or gives rise to, Use 29 to 30 here. And an unbreakable chain of salvation for us. I'm thinking especially of uh, those whom he, oh, did I put 39 here? I just meant 30. Those whom he foreknew, he predestined, and those whom he predestined, he he called, and those whom he called, he justified, and those whom he justified, he glorified. I'm saying that this eternal love of God gives rise to that kind of unbreakable chain of salvation for us. And that unbreakable chain of salvation unleashes the commitment of God to work all things together for our good, that is, our glory, with the glory of the universe. So verse 28 and and 21 make that glorious point. God, because of his eternal love and the unshakable chain of salvation that is secured for us, is now, probably should put a now in here, now, working all things together for our good, and that good will finally come through Uh, Our glory and the inclusion of the glory of the universe in, in our glory. And then on that same level, I'm putting 18 to 27, which says that this is happening. God is working all this through our suffering and groaning. In other words, all that we suffer in this life, all that we've grown over, is no contradiction of God working all things together for our good, but he's doing it through that and by that, which gives rise then to our firm assurance. We are God's children. Forever. And that's uh, put that sum up in verse fifteen, which gives rise to the um, unleashing of the power of the Holy Spirit. enabling us to, to kill sin and to love people. And I have in mind verses 4 through 14. The Holy Spirit conquers the mind of the flesh and fulfills the just requirement of the law, which is to love your neighbor as you love yourself, and it goes on to say that he empowers us by the spirit to put to death the deeds of the body and all of all of this is supported by the cross What the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin. Condemned our sin in his flesh. Jesus' flesh. So God substituted Christ for us. And he received our condemnation, so that verse 1 says, no condemnation. So, the structure of the chapter is that in the eternal love of God, there originated a plan of salvation which is absolutely unbreakable as God does everything necessary to save his elect, including, on the same level, especially the cross of Christ. And that unbreakable salvation rooted in the cross of, or purchased by the cross of Christ, is uh, producing a commitment of God to work all things together for our good now, through our suffering and groaning, and that produces in us a great assurance of salvation by the Holy Spirit's awakening the cry, Abba, Father. And through that assurance, we are empowered with an unleashed Holy Spirit who kills sin in our life and who uh, leads us to love people, which means that this whole chapter is in the service of present holiness, killing sin, and love, a kind of love that uh, lays down its life for others, for the lost, for the nations. And you remember Jesus said in Matthew 5.16 that if we thus let our lights shine before men, they will see our good deeds and glorify our Father, our Father who is in heaven.